Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We serve a great, big, wonderful God. And I'm wondering if just from where you are, you can say to yourself or out loud, thank you, Jesus. I wonder if one more time we can just say, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Lord, you are perfect in all of your ways. And today I honor you. Today I magnify you. Today I give you glory and honor and praise. Lord, you are perfect in all your ways. Hallelujah. Everything you've done for me is perfect. Hallelujah. Lord, even though, Lord, I can't see the complete work, and even I can't see where it ends, but I know you are perfect. And so, Lord, I'm asking, Lord God, for everybody in this room today, even though they can't see the completed work, even though they can't see the end, even though they can't see the answer, show them that you are perfect, that you are complete, and that you are the answer. Bless us, Lord, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name we pray, and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. We reverence the name of the Lord today. We bless his name because he's worthy of all praises and glory. I'm so grateful to be in worship with you today. Uh, the songs we've sung have been so perfect, and that last one is almost too perfect because it tells us of his perfection. You know what the wonderful thing about something that is perfect? It cannot be undone. Like, real true perfection cannot be broken. And so if he is perfect, and you admit this imperfect vessel yes, to sir. him, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't make him worse. He makes me wow. better. Wow. You see that? I don't take away from him. He adds to me. So our glorification of this perfect God is us saying, Lord, help us with our infirmities, our problems, and our issues. Make us more like you, just by association. Hallelujah, glory to God. I don't know if you've ever seen really famous people. They have a whole entourage with them. And it doesn't matter how bad the entourage is, the cool from the guy that you all want to see rubs off <laughs> on the entourage. So if you want to make the good guy happy, you make the entourage happy. <laughs> no one wants to see the entourage. They want to see the guy, right? But you know they come with the guy. That's us. We're the entourage. No one wants to see us, but they want to see him. Hallelujah. I'm just happy to be hanging around the perfect one. I know he'll do it for me. I know he'll bless you. I just need you to hang on to the fact that he's perfect in all of his ways. And just because, here's the, here's the real key, just because you can't see the end of it, doesn't mean it's not perfect in the end. Like, I don't know if you've seen a storyline halfway through. If you were to stop the whole movie right there, it doesn't make sense. There's no resolution. There's no arc for the hero. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
He hasn't gone through what he's supposed to go through to make him learn the lesson. You are halfway through your story. Don't worry, it doesn't make sense today. It will make sense because he will perfect that which concerns you. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you so much for the songs. I just had a couple of praise reports I wanted to report on. I may ask the ministers to come up for a second. Bishop Day is up. He's walking after his surgery. And we're so grateful. Minister Flagg just told me the brother Jonathan, who I think we were praying for, his name's Jonathan. Brother Jonathan, who we were praying for, who had complete kidney failure, who was in the hospital, overwhelmed that when we started to pray, am I right? That he started to get better. And in fact, he's back home today. Hallelujah. So what that tells me is, we now have some evidence to back up our claims, right? We, we, we now have no reason to not pray, right? Amen? As I said, yes, last week, the story wasn't complete last week. And so the story said, there's a whole bunch of bad ahead of us. But now I see the whole story. Amen. All right, hallelujah. Before you take your seats, before you take your seats, I just want to read one scripture into your hearing that I'm going to speak of today. Before you take your seats, if you could, with patience, as we dive into the Word of God. I'm going to be reading from St. John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. St. John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. Let me read this into your hearing then. Please take your seats. I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus speaking. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Verse 12 says, but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catch the, them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I, that is Jesus, am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 16 says this, And other sheep have I have, which are not of this fold. He's speaking about us. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. Have you heard the voice of the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. And hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth the Father love me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Verse 18 is where I wanted to land. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. 
this commandment have I received of my Father. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. I'm so grateful to be with you today. It is my heart's desire to always be with the people of God and to share in the worship and to share in the praise of our Lord, uh, to come together and give him the highest praise, to perfect as best we can the praise we have for him. It is my love, I just love to be able to do that. David expressed in so many of the Psalms how much his heart was into his prayer and how his heart was dedicated to the Lord. One of the Psalms that is my favorite, it says, as the heart, which was a, a heart was a desert animal like a deer. And the heart, he says, as the heart panteth for the water brook, as the heart, this, as the deer that's in the desert, pants or desires or needs the water, so doth my soul pant after you. So he was using a very natural idea that if you're in the desert and you're thirsting for water and you can't get relief anywhere else, you need that water. Like within 24 hours, you're in danger in a desert if you haven't had anything to drink. So he's saying 24 hours into my life, like I can't go without him, like don't, like, I've got to get close. I've got to have his relationship with me. As the heart panteth, as he's so desperate to get relationship with the Lord, that's what it's like for me. I need this relationship. Don't hold, you know, we can't even survive. We can go a long time without food. Like, we can last a long time, like days, weeks even, without food. But water, we are 70% water, and we need to be re recycling that water into ourselves consistently. David is saying, like, just like the, the deer needs the water in the desert, I need the Lord. Can't live without you. Won't last without you. I need you. This isn't even like um you know like you say um I, you know what i could you know what i could do with right now i could do with a burger that's not what we're talking about that's not necessary that's a desire it may even be a strong desire but it's not necessary that lettuce would do you just fine today right but him what water is that's not just a desire that's a fundamental of my life that's a building block of who i am that's how I feel about the Lord. Like, don't make me have to go 24 hours and certainly not 48 hours. I'm going to be panting for the water. I'm going to be looking for the water. I'm going to be searching it out. That's how I feel about the Lord. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after you. That's my soul's desire too. You know, I've compared it to food, but my soul needs this. Like, like the inner part of me needs this, that deep part of me that needs this. You know, I, you wonder why, uh, you know, sometimes look at the world and I see the addictions and the cravings for, for, for various parts of life, the adrenaline junkies and the, and the socialites kind of looking for attention. And I'm wondering if part of them is that their soul isn't satisfied and isn't, and is so hungry for something that they need they're trying to fill in a hole and they're using the wrong shape almost like a child trying to fit a square peg into a circular hole and they're trying to satisfy some part of them that is so deep and they're not getting there because that's not what was meant to fill that hole right 
And instead of finding the Christ, they end up finding an addiction. And instead of finding the Christ, they find a relationship and think that's going to be the substitution for what we need in Christ Jesus. And we are so wrong because we need the Christ first. My soul is reaching out to the Lord. There's no way you could go to that, that heart, that deer, and give him anything but water when that's what his, his whole person needs. You need to give him what is satisfaction to him. And for me, that is the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Again, I'm so grateful to be with you. Um, I was, we've been talking for the last few weeks about authority. Authority in the name of the Lord Jesus, authority in Jesus. And um, I'm kind of bringing that to a close, but I was looking um, in my scriptures this week and I, I, I came across this one that I wanted to touch on again in St. John chapter 10. Um, one of the things about life, and we talked about the deer, one of the things we talked about with life is how fragile it can appear to be. Like the difference between life and death sometimes is, seems like it's the difference between a hair breadth, right? It's so thin, razor sharp. Death, however, seems completely inevitable. So it feels so immutable, so big, so permanent, um, so rigid and inflexible. So they, like, it, like death is just it. Like it's inevitable for all of us, right? And that yet life, we, we hang on to this part of life and it seems so tentative. Right, And I'm wondering sometimes if um, we often kind of become so afraid of what death and this inevitability that we think that it has all power. I've actually used a lot of words that frankly I usually reserve for the Christ. Immutable, right, eternal. That's words I should reserve for Christ. So it seems to me that there's a lot of authorities and a lot of powers going on but it's clear here in Christ Jesus that the power really rests in him. Like even something as powerful as death still rests in, it's still the real power rests in Christ. And we're gonna talk about that today. Um, before I get there, I did wanna to go to the book of Ecclesiastes. I think it's Ecclesiastes 12. I thought of that this morning as I came out. If, Minister, if you could find that for me, Ecclesiastes 12. It should start vanity, vanity, I think, or, or, or something like that. Could you, could you find that for me? Ecclesiastes 12. It may be 13 I'm thinking about, so I need your help here. Remember that number? Remember? Yes, that's the one. Yes. Now thy creator. Yeah, remember. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Remember that now thy creator in the, in the days of our youth, while the evil days come not. He says, so remember your creator when you're young. And the reason why we want to remind ourselves of the Creator when, our, when we're young is because it gives us an opportunity to ingrain Him in our lives. Put Him in our lives when we are young, right? We want to make sure we make sure, make sure we are wrapped in Him so early that we don't understand a reference without Him when we get older. Because inevitably you're going to get older. And what this chapter deals with is this getting older part. The inevitability of this getting older part. Let's keep reading. Yes, Read the top of that verse again. Remember now thy creator yep. in the days of thy youth. Yep. While the evil days come not, right. nor the years draw nigh. So when the lots of years have passed, you don't want to wait till just then when all the years have gone by to start remembering him. You want to remember him early and then you don't wait till it starts to go all dim and dark to start to remember him. Let's keep going. 
when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. What this chapter's entire chapter is talking about is the, is the inevitability of getting old. He says, at some point when you get older, no, you're not pleased with anything. Like, I've, I've noticed as I've got older, nothing, like, it's so difficult to make me happy. Like, I want things in a very particular way. Like, why is he walking down the street like that? I'm looking out my window. Why is he walking down the street like that? Huh. What, what time is it? It's too late. Why is he out? Everything, I kinda, I'm going to complain for everything. When I was young, I didn't even, couldn't even cross my mind. Like, why is he working? Why has he got that coat on? That doesn't even make sense. Like, I've got a complaint for everything. That's what this is talking about. Read it again. Remember now that I created yeah. in the days of life? Yep. While the evil days come not, right. nor the years draw not. Draw near. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. I can't got no pleasure in anything. I've got no pleasure in these years now. I've got to complain about everything. Let's keep reading. Verse 2. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return. What's he, to the what's he talking about right now is as it's you, the sun's shining, but everything's dark for me because I'm getting older, right? The inevitability of my how I feel about it, maybe even my eyes themselves are getting darker. So even the sunshine and the moonlight isn't giving me the pleasure it used to give me. <laughs> like the things that should have made me happy, I'm just getting older now. It's just kind of impacted me negatively. Let's keep going, sir. While the sun or the light of the moon yeah. or the stars be not darkened, yep. the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong man shall bow themselves. Listen to what he said. The, key, the people who are supposed to be guarding the house are trembling because they're old. That's what he's describing, right? You're supposed to be so strong that you're supposed to be guarding the house. And he says, instead of that, you're kind of trembling, right? And he says, what did he say about the strong man? And the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because there are few. <laughs> the aging process has caused you to kind of bend over now. You have to do everything to hold yourself together. This is the inevitability, the fragileness of life, the inevitability of death. That's what kind of this is being held up in this chapter. How fragile life is, how old we get so quickly, and then how death comes, and how death comes, right? And at the end of this whole book, and let's go to verse 4, please. Yes, sir. Verse 4. And the doors shall be shut in the street right. when the sound of the grinding is low. Yep. And he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. So it's basically this is, you don't sleep as much. <laughs> You're waking up with the dawn. I used to be able to sleep all night and have to worry about it. And now I'm waking up. Why am I waking up this early for? Why am I going to my bed this early for? <laughs> Age is just changing my whole approach to life. If somebody tells me, let's meet at 8 p.m., I'm like, oh, gosh, 8 p.m.? P.m.? Like, because my age is telling me, go home, take a rest, get a nap in. Right? It's changed my whole approach. When I was young, you couldn't keep me in the house. Now I'm getting older, let me stay. Deliver that grocery to me. Don't ask me to go pick, pick it up. Yes, sir, yes, sir, come on, come on. Why are you asking me to go pick up groceries? What is that? Let me stay in my house. What else does he say? Yes, sir, and, and he said, and he shall rise up 
the voice of the bird. Yeah. And all the dogs of music shall be brought low. Yeah, turn the music down. It's too loud. <laughs> it is too loud. Who who's listening to that music? At this what who I, I, I'm deaf. Must be because you've got this thing too loud. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's keep going. Also, verse 5. When they shall be afraid of that which is I, right. and fear shall be in the way, yes. and the almond tree shall flourish. Look, look, look at the first part of that verse, verse 5, then I'll, I'll move on. Yes, but I don't know if you've ever had this where, you, like, bungee jumping? I'd have done that when I was young. Yes, 16, 17, I think I'd have tried it. Yes. Now, I'm like, if, it, if the stairs are too high, I'm not sure I'm going to go up them. Like, the, the risk, my, a risk aversion, I am not taking a risk. I can't, be, I can't have a twisted ankle at this age. How's that going to look? It's not reasonable, right? Heights are frightening to me now. Inevitability, right? So the question really I'm getting to, in, in, let me read verse 6 and 7 and we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Verse 6, or ever the silver cord be loosened and the golden bowl be broken. Yes, sir. Or the pitcher he broke, he, excuse me, be broken at the fountain yeah. and the wheel broken at the crystal. Yes, sir. Then shall the dust return to the earth. That's what I was going to get to. Dust returning to the dust means I finally... Kick the bucket. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dust is returning to dust. This, this, and it refers to me as dust because I'm so fragile. Yes, sir. I'm just made of that stuff anyway. So I'm just going back to it. So after this, so it says, remember your creator when you're young. You don't want to start, you don't want to just get the relationship when you get all, when you have all these things to complain about and all these things to be afraid of and all these ways in which you don't want to go outside and all these ways in which noise makes you angry. All these things, you, you want to remember him and get him in your life way before then. That's the, that's the best way. To be sure, people come as late as they like, but that's the best way, right? Remember him when you're young. And I was thinking about this, that how we can start off as strong and, and, and end up being weak. And, and I was thinking about the relationship between strength and weakness, right? Um, if you were to come to my house, maybe 10 years ago, not now, um, you would probably say, okay, if somebody was gonna steal from my house, they'd have to make sure that whoever was in charge, you've gotta make sure he's not there, or you're stronger than the person that was there. So when he was talking about the guard at the house, um, now, at this age, what I do is I put a sign at my house that says, there's an alarm system here. I'm too old now to, to, to deal with confrontation. So, put an alarm, and the alarm says, this is a well taken care of house. Right? I'm going somewhere, please, please be patient with me. Right? So, it's the alarm, that, that sign outside the house says, this is a well guarded house. That way I can avoid confrontation. And so I want to go back, if I can, to St. John chapter 10 and verse 17 and 18. The scripture has been talking this, this whole time about the good shepherd. That the shepherd is the good shepherd because he knows his sheep. And because he knows his sheep and because he frankly owns his sheep, he never, he will always give up his life for those sheep. They're valuable to him. And he talks about this idea of wolves coming in and attacking. And because he has both the strength, the authority, and ownership of the street sheep, he's willing to stand there and fight. But a hireling, he's not going to stand there. 
the hireling who's just like probably their minimum wage, he's going to say to himself, that sh those sheep are not worth that wolf. But the person whose whole life is wrapped up in the sheep says, you can't take my sheep. You may as well take me if you're going to take my sheep. So the strength of the person who is the shepherd is important in the relationship to the, to the wolf. Because if I'm stronger than the wolf, then I'm going to stand there and fight. All right, look at what the scripture says and Jesus says, therefore doth my father love me, the relationship between Jesus and the father, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. This is talking about power. This is talking about authority because he's saying not only do I have the ability to lay down my life, everybody technically can do that, but what you don't have the power to do is take it back. Like you, you can give up your life for folks, but do you have the ability to take it back? Here's the thing about this situation is, there are two powers at play right now that are being described. One with Christ and one is death. I told you at the start that death does seem like it's persistent, that it's immutable, that it's unchangeable. But Jesus is saying, death isn't what you think it is when I'm around. Like the God in the house might be getting old in your house, but I am the God in this house. I am the shepherd in this house. And you only need to be afraid if the gods are getting old. You only need to be afraid if in fact the person guarding your house hasn't got any authority or power. There's a difference when you come into this house because I'm guarding it. Look at what he says. He says, because I lay down my life that I may take it. This is how strong the, the guard of this house is. I don't know what, what maybe you all have alarm systems. I don't know which ones you have. Do you have one? Uh, I, I used, to, used to have Avanti though or something like that, wasn't it? ADT. ADT. I have ADT right now, right? The, the alarm system actually really just shouts and says, somebody's doing something wrong. It doesn't actually do anything. And then the police take 20 minutes to get there anyway, right? But the guard of this house doesn't sleep or slumber. Doesn't take 20 minutes to show up. <laughs> Let's read this, what it says in verse 18. No man taketh it from me. Here's the problem that Jesus had going to the cross. They literally couldn't kill him. It may have looked like they did, but really what he did was lay down his life. And there's a big difference because they couldn't take it from him. He literally had to give it up. He literally had to give them the power to take his life, only to realize that he was going to take it straight back again when he was ready. Here's the wonderful thing about being able to take the life back is, he gets to take everybody back with him when he takes his own life back. <laughs> I gave you, and really what I've done is tricked you. Because now you've taken something that you didn't have the authority or power to take. And now when I come to get what is rightfully mine, I get to take everything else you own. And that includes me. <laughs> Death has all authority over me until I go with Christ. Now Christ has the authority over me. Do you see that? Let's keep reading this, verse 18. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This commandment have I received 
of my father. Just in case you thought I was going off the top of my head, no, this is what was established from the beginning. This is the way it was supposed to be. So for us, this death thing has become really a big part of our lives, how fragile our lives are and how big death is. And Jesus is coming in saying, actually, death isn't that big a deal. He's a big deal to you, but I get to put it down and take it back up. It's frightening to you because it sounds like the end of all things, but to me, it's something I put down and something I pick up. This is as this death to Jesus, death to the Lord, is the same thing as a book. I get to decide when to put the book down. I get to decide when to pick it up. That's how, it, I'm not even making this up. Let's go to Revelations chapter one, verse 18. You think I'm just kind of overstating it. This is what Jesus says about death. Um, let's start at verse 17. And when I saw him, that's Revelations chapter one, verse 17. When I saw him, this is John saying, I saw Jesus. I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I don't want you to be afraid what's going on right now. I'm the first and the last. <laughs> Let me keep reading. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen. So I put down my life, I picked it back up again, and I'm not doing it again. <laughs> because I'm gonna be alive now forevermore. But what does he say about immediately following that? And have the keys of hell, which is the grave, and death. Literally, death and the grave. He said, described it, it's a metaphor, really that we describe death and the grave like this. We are using a metaphor with a key. And there's nothing simpler than putting a key in a lock and opening it. He was trying to let you know, I've got death. That's, that's not a problem anymore. Don't worry about that. Death is in my pocket like a key. Like I've got death. Yeah, it's a big deal to you. You're getting old and you're getting weak. I understand that we're going to die, but I've got death and the grave in my pocket like a key. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Death is nothing to our Lord. And he's saying, I want you to walk with a certain kind of confidence because Jesus is saying, I have authority here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I can't get into his house without him knowing about it. That's right. yes, I can't yes, overcome him because he's a strong man in the house and I don't have strength like he has it. So what do I do? I get into his house. That's why I'm so eager to be here every more, every Sunday. Because I'm trying to get into his house. He's guarding it. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. Find this scripture for me real quick. I'm going to come back to Revelations. But find for me Luke 11, 21. Yeah, 11, 21. When yeah. a strong man yes. armed keepeth his palace. When a strong man keeps his palace, his goods are in peace. You don't have to worry about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you've got a strong man looking after your stuff, yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
don't worry about it. You're in a palace, you've probably got lots of beautiful paintings, gold and stuff like that. You get the right guard, you can go in peace to your home, do what you need to do. And the Lord is saying, I'm inviting you into my home. You are now the precious thing, you are the sheep, and I'm the shepherd. I need you to understand that I'm the shepherd now of you. If a wolf comes, I'm taking care of it. <laughs> you don't need to have the burden and the worry and the concern of death anymore because I'm in the house. Go to one more scripture, Mark chapter 3 and verse 7. Mark 3 and verse 7. <laughs> we don't have to worry about certain things when authority is in his name. But Jesus yes. withdrew himself yes. with his disciples to the sea. And a great multitude from Galilee Did I get that right? To no man can enter into a strong man's house. Is it Mark 3 7? I may have written it down wrong. Let me, I can read it to you real quick if I've got it wrong. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man and then he will spoil this house. You can't do anything in the house of the Lord unless you first somehow find a way to bind the Christ, the Almighty. Let's go back to Revelation. <laughs> what did he say in verse 7? Fear not, I am the first and the last. Like there's no one greater. <laughs> it begins with him. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. You couldn't kill me if you wanted to because I am now alive forevermore. Jesus is saying this. <laughs> You're worried about stuff? No, I'm getting into his house and now it's his concern to look after me. And have the keys of hell and death. Can you imagine this thing that mankind has been afraid of his whole life? And the Lord is saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest because I have taken the concern, the sting you know what, it's almost like it's this object he said is the key it's a simple object it's not even a puzzle right, a key isn't a puzzle you just put it in the lock and you turn that's it, that's its function right, it's not even difficult to him that's what his power and his authority has turned death into thank you Jesus me read verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Let's read one more scripture. 1 Corinthians 15 55. If you can find that one for me. 1 Corinthians 15 55 through 57. O oh, death. Oh, death. This is what is being said now. Where is thy <laughs> It's almost like I'm making fun of you now. It's almost like I've got you so under control that I can now actually literally start talking stuff. Yes, sir, yes. Like I can talk junk now. Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. oh death! Where you were tough yesterday. Now I'm in the right house. Where is your sting now? Why aren't you talking, death? <laughs> You're quiet now, right? Oh, death. Grave? Yes. Where is thy victory? Oh, grave. Yes. That's hell. That's the hell part of this. Hell is equivalent to the grave in this place. Yes, grave, where is thy victory? Where is your victory? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Where you know where the victory is? In that key that Jesus now owns. <laughs> that thing he can take out and use at any moment. Yes. That's where it is. Keep reading. Verse 
Verse 56, the sting of death is sin. Yes. And the strength of sin is the law. Right. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Which given us the victory. It's <laughs> given us the victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> How do we get that victory? Yes, sir. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we create relationship with him. Yes. I've been trying to pump this up and I'm going to pump it up until I can't speak no more. My aim is to get you to have relationship with him. Yes. Not me, because I'm not going to be the one who stands. I don't have key of death in my pocket at all. He does. My job is to get my relationship and your relationship with him as tight as we possibly can. Because he said, in, back in John, he said, I know my sheep, but he also said, my sheep know me. So I'm trying to make sure that he knows us and we know him. When he knows us and we know him, when he moves, we move. Wherever he calls a house, that's where I call a house. Whatever he says to jump, I, I just simply jump and ask how high you intended me to jump. He has the keys to death and hell. He has the keys to death and the grave. And there's no sting in them anymore. Because he's taken the sting and the power out of it. But this is simply what authority does. What power does. Jesus does. He has taken the power and authority out of death. And has taken them and says, now this is ours. This is our victory. His victory becomes our victory. Let's go back to St. John chapter to. to to 10 and we'll, we'll close out here verse 17 says therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I may take it again no man taketh it from me but I lay it down of myself I have the power to lay it down and I have power to take it again this commandment have I received of my father thank you Lord may the Lord have the blessing to the reading of his word. In the name of Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.